This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. What is the best Christmas present that you have ever received? Okay, just think for a moment. What is the best Christmas present that you've ever received? Now, I don't mean those socks that you normally get or the ties, but what is the best Christmas present that you've ever received? Now, I want you to uh, pause for a moment and uh, think through that as well. I think if you could have any Christmas present that you could ever want, the perfect Christmas present that you could wish for, what would it be? Okay, so anything in the whole world that you want, what would it be? Okay, just think for a moment, what would it be? Now, I want you to think for a moment and think that Christmas present that you could wish for, the present that you could ever, ever hope for, once you've received that present, could you say that you would die happy? Right? Could you say that, okay, I've received this present on Christmas Day, tomorrow on the 26th of December, I'm willing to die, and I can and I will be very happy because I've received that Christmas present. Now, I think that that would be quite unlikely, right? Because it doesn't matter what you've received, it would be quite hard to exchange it for life and for living past the 26th of December and being happy. But 2,000 years ago, as we have seen in the book of Luke, there was a man called Simeon, and he met the baby Jesus, and that's exactly what he said. He said, you can dismiss me in peace, and I can die happy. Right? So if you look up here on the slide, that's exactly what Simeon said to God in chapter 2, verse 29 of the book of Luke. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Now, how is that possible? Now, he just met the baby Jesus on that one day. It wasn't his son who was born that he saw. It wasn't as if Simeon was in, like, in prison all of his life. And then you know, he came out and that one day he saw his son and then now he says, I can die happy. He was holding a stranger's baby Christmas 2,000 years ago and he says, I can now die happy. Now is Jesus a gift worth dying for, dying happy for? If I said to you, okay, like, you know, I gave you my baby son and you held him for a moment, could you say that that is such a great gift that you would be really happy so that you die tomorrow? You probably say, well, Andrew, you really over, overrate your son, right? I mean, even if I have a, even if my son is like Michael Jordan or Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo or something, even if you just held him for one day, you wouldn't really say that that's such a great gift, right? So what is it that makes Simeon say that he is so happy just holding Jesus for that moment that he now says to God, you can now dismiss me in peace? Well, I think it's because Jesus, as we've seen, is God's salvation. It's God's salvation. In the book of Matthew, it says that Jesus actually comes to save people from their sins. And that's why his name is Jesus. Because literally, the word Jesus means the Lord saves or God saves. Now, what does it mean then to save people from their sins? I mean, we understand when someone saves me from a car accident or fire or kidnapping or crime. But what does it mean to save someone from their sins? Now, first of all, what are sins? Well, sins is literally an attitude where we go against God, we're rebelling against God. So I remember when I was young, we used to have a tradition where we would have a, a big Christmas tree. Actually, when I was young, I used to think it was very big, but as I got older and older, I actually grew taller than the Christmas tree, and I realized that the Christmas tree wasn't very big at all. It's just that I was very small. And uh, 
what my parents would do is they would collect all the Christmas parents that uh, they, they intended to give myself, my sister, and, and from other people, and put it under the Christmas tree so that on Christmas morning, all the presents would be there under the Christmas tree. Now imagine if I woke up very early in the morning and I went down to the Christmas tree and I collected all my presents and I brought it upstairs to my room, all the presents that I ever wanted for that year, and I started playing them. And I had such a good time playing those Christmas presents that I didn't come down and have breakfast with my parents. And I had such a great time playing all these Christmas presents that at lunchtime I decided I didn't really want lunch and I wouldn't go downstairs for lunch as well. And then dinner time came and I'm still playing all these presents and I decide not to go down and have dinner with my parents. Now you'd sort of say that there was something wrong with me, right? Because I would only be interested in not with the relationship with my parents who gave me those presents, but rather, I would only be interested with the gifts and the blessings that they've given me. Well, that's what God says is sin. Because God made the world, He creates everything good for us, and He sustains us. But the heart of sin is where we reject and rebel God, and we just want to enjoy the good things that He's given us. And this attitude of sin leads to acts of sin, where we, we don't live the way God wants us to live. We don't want to have anything to do with God in the way that we live. So we have lust, we have anger, we hate people, we have greed in our hearts, we are selfish, we tell lies, we do wrong things, and we don't do the right things. And because God is perfectly good, God is perfectly holy, God is perfectly righteous, He sees all of these things, and He can't stand it. He can't stand being with us. There is no relationship between us and God because of the sin in the attitude of our lives and the acts of the things that we do. So sin is like this wall, right? It's like a solid wall which separates us from God in relationship. And Jesus comes to take away our sin so that we can have a relationship back together with God. You know, I know there's this saying about Santa Claus, right? It says Santa Claus knows whether you've been good or bad. Santa Claus knows whether you've been naughty or nice. So for good, be good for goodness sake, right? But actually, God is not like Santa Claus. Because when God looks at us, He knows, because He has perfect knowledge, and He's perfectly good, that we are all bad. We've all been bad, we've all been naughty. And therefore, the great gift of Christmas is Jesus coming to save us from our sins. And to take away that wall of separation which divides us, to God. Now, the thing is, when you know that there is a God, and you know that God is angry with you, you can't enjoy the things of this world. In fact, you can't enjoy Christmas because that relationship is broken. You see, it's a bit like, imagine having a Christmas lunch or dinner with all the most fabulous food in front of you. You've got, you know, champagne, turkey, or if you don't like... Western food, maybe you have all the best Chinese food, right, or whatever. All this wonderful food in front of you, but you've had a terrible row or fight with your relatives, or your parents, or your children. The food is still very good, the champagne is still very expensive, everything is still very nice, but you can't enjoy the food. I remember reading a newspaper uh, article about this woman who shared about how she went on this wonderful picnic with her husband. And they had all the best food and all the best 
things prepared. It was a wonderful sunset. The grass was really green. The weather was wonderful. But she couldn't enjoy all the things that she prepared because she had just committed adultery against her husband and the husband knew. You see, you can't enjoy the things of this world when you don't have a relationship with God. And what Jesus does is He allows us to have that relationship, to re-establish that relationship with God once again. And that's why Simeon said that he could be dismissed in peace when he knew that Jesus came. But there must be more than that, right? Because it's so weird. Imagine if Simeon is just there holding the baby and he says, Oh, you know, can dismiss me in peace? I can now die happy because I now have a relationship with God. But then when I die, that relationship with God is now broken. Now that's really weird, right? It's a bit like, uh, imagine you've been in prison all this while or you've been exiled and you never see your children or you never see your parents and then you finally get one day in which you see them and then the very next day you die. I don't think that's very happy at all, right? I mean, I think that's quite sad, actually. I don't think that would make a very good ending to a movie. But I don't think Simeon thinks that he will never uh, see God anymore. He just has one day of a good relationship with God. Because I think that he understands that the coming of the baby Jesus means that this restored relationship with God is not just a one-day affair or a one-week affair or a short-term affair, but it is an eternal affair. Because in another book of the Bible called the book of John, the coming of Jesus is actually said to be the coming of light into a dark world. Now, when the Bible says that we live in a dark world, it doesn't mean that we live at night. Or, you know, like Singapore is winter, 365 days of the year where it's dark most of the time. It's talking about moral darkness and spiritual darkness. It's talking about how Jesus comes as the light of the world to a dark world full of sin and evil and wickedness. So I remember hearing a, a pastor saying how he spent quite a long time collecting all the headlines in the newspaper. But he stopped after a while because he realized how depressing it was. Because if you look at the headlines of the newspaper, day after day, it's all about dark things. Just uh, over the last few weeks, there's the headlines about terrorism, or refugee crisis, or Syria, or people dying, or natural uh, you know, calamities, or injustice in the political system, or even fake news on the internet, or cruelty to people. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we just read about someone who drove around the wrong side of the road and killed people innocently. I remember when I was uh, on holiday in Christmas, I realized that, uh, you know, a lot of people go on holidays during Christmas time, right? And I remember it was Christmas Day. I was sitting by what was regarded as the best beach in the world. I was having a great buffet at the restaurant, great service, wonderful weather. I opened a newspaper and it's full of dark news. You know, there was uh, corruption, there was kidnapping, there was someone who was murdered in this foreign country. And you just kind of run away from the darkness of this world. See, we, we may make a lot of technological progress, you know, maybe by 2020, uh, we don't need to drive our cars anymore. But in terms of our moral, ethical character, we have made no progress. We are still living the dark ages. We still hate one another, we still 
betray one another, we still lie to one another, we are still selfish. But the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world because he comes into this moral darkness, this spiritual darkness to bring light. And actually the Bible tells us that darkness and death come together. There is death in the world because of our moral and spiritual darkness. And if you look up here in Luke chapter 1, which we didn't read, it says that Jesus, coming to the world, brings the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, but more than that, to shine in those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. Do you notice how darkness and death there are put synonymously, they're put on the same level? Because darkness and death, according to the Bible, come together. And when Jesus brings light into the world, he's also bringing life into this world. So therefore, when Simeon sees the baby Jesus, he sees his restored relationship with God, not just for the time that he's still alive, but for eternity. Because he knows that when Jesus comes into the world as light of the world, he's bringing not just salvation just for a short time, but eternal life for eternity. So therefore, when you think about it, uh, Simeon didn't die happy, right? Because you know dying and happiness are actually oxymorons. You can't have dying and happy in the same sentence. He was able to receive the gift of Jesus Christ because he knew that with the coming of Jesus, salvation was for eternity. Relationship with God was for eternity. Because actually, in a sense, the Bible tells us that the that death itself is unnatural. We are not meant to die. When God created us, He didn't create for us to die. He created us for relationship with Him for eternity. I remember watching this movie, uh, Interstellar. I really liked it, right? It's a bit deep and... I'm not sure about the ending so much. But I liked the movie. And I remember the, the, the Michael Caine character. Okay, so spoiler coming, right? He's the guy that lied to everybody. But, you know, he knows he's dying. And he keeps saying the phrase, right? Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Because he couldn't stand the idea of death. So he kept fighting against death. He kept raging against death. He didn't want to give up against the idea of death. But actually when you know of the gift of Jesus, if you know the true meaning of Christmas, then you actually see that we no longer have to fear death because Jesus is the light of the world. He is the life of this world. And he brings to everyone who believes in Him, the solution to death and a relationship to God forever. But I think that the idea of light of the world is not just the idea of life because the idea of Jesus coming as the light of the world is also that He shines light into this world where we actually get to know God as God really is. Someone once said that religion and philosophy are all speculation. Right? Religions of the world and philosophy, they're all just man's speculation. But the Bible actually tells us that, that in the person of Jesus Christ, God breaks into this world and reveals to us 
the light of revelation so that we may know God as He really is. There is no speculation in Jesus because He is God in Himself. See, at uh, the last part of chapter 1, the book of John, it actually says, right at the very end there in uh, this section, in verse 18, it says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. So when we actually see Jesus Christ and we see His life and His teachings, we actually are free from the darkness of speculation. Free from the darkness of ignorance of God. And we actually know God. And that is part of the beauty and the glory of what Jesus brings at Christmas time. So in conclusion, I asked in the beginning, is there a gift that is worth dying for? Well, you could say, no, I've received this gift and now I can die happy. Well, Jesus is that gift. Because in the person of Jesus... We have a relationship with God. We have eternal life. We have revelation of God to help us know who God really is. I remember someone asking the question uh, in the book I was reading, what is the difference between school and church? What is the difference between a textbook and the Bible? What is the difference between studying and hearing a sermon? And someone said, that the difference is between human doing and human being. Because when you're in school, when you're in a textbook, when you're in a class, you're learning to do things, how to be a scientist, how to do maths, how to understand Mandarin. But when you read the Bible, when you come to Jesus Christ, it's about not how to do something, but who we are. So we are not human doings, we are human beings. And at the heart of being as a human is our relationship with God. And at the heart of human being is Jesus Christ. Because it is only through Jesus Christ that we are able to have a relationship with God and are able to live in God's light and to live as we really are to live eternally. I remember someone said that at the end, of the day, if you understand what the meaning of Christmas really is, then it gives us dignity as human beings. It allows us to see who we really are. That our life is infused with meaning and purpose because we now know God, we now know where we are going, and we now know that there is not fruitlessness and dying against and raging against the flickering of the light. There, there is divine majesty to our personhood. So I hope that this Christmas you understand the true meaning of what Jesus brings to Christmas and that you really accept the gift of Christmas found in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.